Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When the crane lost its load, a brief fell and crashed into the building. We can see a number of smashed windows here from the ground and firefighters are working to secure any loose material now that could be a further hazard. Well, WorkSafe BC is now investigating the latest incident involving a crane here in Metro Vancouver. This is a tragic one where an employee was killed and it is the third related incident involving a crane in the past year. So what is going wrong here? I mean, crane accidents happen all over the world. How do we fix this problem? Lauren Shapiro is the principal of Howard I. Shapiro and Associates Consulting Engineers and the author of Cranes and Derricks and joins us now. Lawrence, thank you for being here. Pleasure to be with you. Now, Lord, your book is, is a pretty comprehensive guide for safely using cranes and derricks. So when you wrote it, did you think, boy, the industry really needs this? Well, my father wrote the original edition, and at that time, for sure, the, uh, the industry needed something. It was, uh, uh, the industry was, was not very re- well regulated at the time, and practices were, uh, were not uh, very standardized. Uh, and there were, there were a lot of accidents at the time. Um, it's now in its fourth edition, and things have improved quite a bit, but uh, there's certainly still plenty of need for, uh, for guidance from um, books like, like mine and uh, other, other uh, guidebooks that have written, been written as well. And what, what are the most common problems when it comes to crane-related accidents? Uh, almost all accidents come down to human error. Uh, that error could occur on a construction site or it could occur somewhere else in preparing the crane. Um, so the, um, the key factors in um, eliminating crane accidents would be training and accountability and having a chain of command. Eliminating the sources of human error. And that's really what it comes down to then? Well, those are the key factors that would, you know, there's, there's, no, there's no such thing as a, there's nothing that's perfectly safe. There can never be a perfectly safe crane operation, but, uh, but accidents certainly can be reduced to, uh, to what would be considered in our culture to be an acceptable level, level of risk. We've, they've become so ubiquitous, though, haven't they, Lawrence? Like, we're on such a, a building, feels like, binge in the last 20 years. People, we've gotten quite used to seeing cranes, especially here in Metro Vancouver, cranes all over the skyline, but they do come with risk, don't they? Well, I mean, in, in any industry, there's risk. Of course, you know, when you drive, <laughs> when you fly, and in building a building, there's risk. The, the risks in construction are not just crane-related, Um but um, but there are ways to mitigate risk, and um, and the industry and governments governments all over over the world are, are striving to uh, reduce those risks in construction and in cranes. And when you say sort of crane operators, that's where the train training is. Operator training is the big issue here. What what kind of training 
is required for this? Is there a standardized level of training to operate a crane, or does it just depend on where you're where you are? Uh, there are um, certification organizations, uh, and many states, and I imagine provinces in Canada, uh, require operators to be um, licensed. In the U.S., all crane operators need to be certified. I, I'm not sure of the practices in Canada, but I'm pretty sure it's parallel or, or the same. Uh, not every jurisdiction requires licensing of operators, though. Should there be a more standardized, you know, a licensing way of doing this? Or can you, is it, like, if you move to a new city, even in the United States, do you start all over again, or do you just take that certification with you? Well, I mean, that's really a political question. Uh, but there should be standards of training and certification that that are transportable everywhere. Hmm. Okay. So, has the technology changed at all when it comes to cranes over the years? I mean, are there no more safety provisions? Is there, you know, there's is there more? Is it more computerized? Yes. Just like our cars and our airplanes, uh, cranes have gone from being mechanical contrivances to to being. Um, computer-driven, electronically-driven. Um, they, you know, they, they've gone from um, mostly being diesel machines to being more electric. Uh, they're, um, they're better controlled. Uh, there are more safety features than in the past. They do rely less on operator discretion and judgment than they had in the past. But in spite of all that, a, a crane operator is uh, is a key element of the operation of the machine and is key to safety. It cannot be fully automated. Safety cannot ever be divorced from uh, the skills and training uh, and attentiveness of the operator and, and other members of the crew as well, not just the operator. Right, so we should never take it for granted. It still requires a, level of, a high level of skill. That's correct. All right, well, Lawrence, thank you so much for your time. My pleasure. That's Lawrence Shapiro, principal of Howard I. Shapiro and Associates, consulting engineers and author of Cranes and Derricks, talking about the recent uh, crane incidents we've had here, but they happen all over the world, too.